entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf and today with our guest host, Jay Kelly Hoey. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guys on this learning journey. To learn more about Kelly, check out her website at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. Okay, Kelly, let's get the conversation going. Thanks, Marty. This is Kelly Hoey, and I am thrilled to have as my guest today on the Business Builder Show, Jennifer Johnson Scalzi, founder and CEO of Calibrate Legal. Um, Jen, you focus on the business side of law and have over 14 years of legal marketing, executive search, and organizational consulting experience. Wow, my friend. Um, you're also, I'm proud to say, featured at page 26 of my book, Build Your Dream Network. Welcome to the Business Builder Show. I'm thrilled to, like you are, to be here. So thank you. So I want to go back in your career a little bit. Let's wind back some of those 14 years of legal marketing uh, and executive search uh, experience uh, to 2004, when after six years inside law firms in various roles, from billing to recruiting, um, you picked up and moved to New York City from Texas. Um, I did. Talk about that relocation um, from the opportunity, uh, why you took it on, to also how you approached building your success in a new role that required you to build a new line of business. Well, the there was the main driver for the relocation was just I grew up in Texas and in Texas, you know, we think every, everything revolves around Texas, but the reality is that there's a bigger world out there, and I and I simply just wanted to have a different viewpoint and experience something different. So New York City um, was some place I had uh, never been prior to applying for a job there and went and enjoyed the energy so incredibly much. Uh, and I decided to take a gamble and a risk on accepting a position in a, in a well-established firm, but doing something that was new for that company. And so I think at that point, my entrepreneurial, I was raised by parents who are entrepreneurs and my entrepreneurial spirit kicked in and, um, the rest is history. I would say that my experience prior to moving to New York in 04, was inside of a law firm where I did lots and lots of different things. So I had seen you know, accounting and I'd seen marketing and business development and client service and recruiting from all angles. I did some HR, some library back when libraries had books in it. And so I'd done a lot. And, and I think it, I know it gave me a perspective that was really valuable for the role I took on in New York, which was helping law firms build marketing departments uh, back in a time when marketing was a dirty word in professional services. So my approach really was to leverage the sort of full cycle holistic experience I had in a law firm, um, understanding the, the business of a law firm, and then soak up as much as possible in terms of the actual expertise of marketing and BD professionals at that time. And so my approach was sponge, go everywhere I could, meet anyone who would meet with me, 
Um, but in, in return, ensure that I added value. Uh, so that was really like the very high level of my attack plan. If there was an invitation, I, I accepted it. It didn't matter when or where or how. Yeah, I remember you and I talked about that. It was like, all right, if I'm going to figure out where to spend my time, I got to experience everything and, and sense it all in. Um, I want to talk about, because I gave you a little short stint on, you know, mention the name of your business, Calibrate mm-hmm. Legal. Mm-hmm. But what's the the focus and mission of Calibrate Legal? And, you know, it's evolved. Um, yeah. say as a business owner, your business has evolved over the past eight years. How's it? How has that evolved? Well, and just going back to that last piece that you said, I've given, I enjoy um, mentoring startups and people in business. Um, and I literally gave that advice last week to somebody who who was feeling overwhelmed and and just not sure where to go or how to do it. And, and I said, try everything. And after you try things, you can mark it off, off the list if it doesn't achieve whatever goal you've set out. So that's the key at the beginning is just do everything. Um, I'm not saying you don't stay consistent with the offering that you have, right? Because you don't, there isn't, I don't find scalable success in being everything to everyone, but uh, staying true to your mission, but trying it in lots of different places uh, till, till you find the audience that will buy it. So that's, uh, I give that advice all the time. Um, in terms of the focus of Calibrate Legal, Next week will be eight years that we have been in existence. And about three years ago, we underwent a rebrand and a name change. So it started as J. Johnson Executive Search, where the focus was uh, helping law firms build highly functioning marketing and business development teams across the globe. And then a few years ago, about four years ago, I had the opportunity to meet with a chief marketing officer of a big four who was explaining to me that he was so proud that he was able to prove the value that a marketing that his marketing team had within a large services organization. Like he really could tie all of the activities of a, their marketing organization back to revenue, and it, it dawned on me that that would be a tremendous value add into law firms. And so I went down that path of figuring out how would one. Um, you know, position themselves to be an expert in that area. And so scroll forward, we relaunched uh, the brand from Jay Johnson, I guess rebranded to Calibrate Legal with that whole word of Calibrate, like helping law firms reposition themselves with their go-to-market strategy uh, by having a really high-functioning, world-class marketing and business development department. So now... In, in addition to the executive search services that we do, we do all kinds of services um, on the front end, really, and to supplement chief marketing officers to help the teams operate effectively, prove their value, visualize the data um, and the, the return on investment to you know adult learners, lots of different stakeholders. Uh, receive information differently. So, how can we put forward the victories? of these teams in, in the most, um, most rece- the way that people receive information, right? So if it's vis- visually or auditory or, or whatnot. So that is our mission now is to say to these, the law firms that the, the marketing and business development, and frankly, all the business services professionals inside of a law firm, they're not non-lawyers. This non-lawyer term has become pejorative mm-hmm. instead of, I mean, it's true. I'm not a lawyer, but it became this 
pejorative sort of, oh, you're not, you're a non-lawyer. Therefore, you know, you're not as good as everyone else. And, and by the way, you don't hear, you know, when you go to the doctor, you don't hear, oh, this is my non-doctor. <laughs> have to bust and I'm just going to pause you there because, you know, I've been on both sides of right. being a lawyer and, the, and being on the management, the non-lawyer side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember I was thinking about this uh, as soon as you were talking, like, yeah, when I was practicing law, I did not have my framed law, you know, legal degree and bar admissions in my office. But as soon as I was on the management side, I sure as hell did yes. because, because of this really, as you've, I've heard you say this before in other interviews, this caste system that we have mm-hmm. within these organizations, whereas, you know, the firms that take the mentality that, you know, we could, we're all going to get to success if the entire firm is rowing in the same direction, as opposed to we're the lawyers on the luxury yacht and the rest of you get the, you know, the dinging, mm-hmm. like, you know, like we all have to, re- anyway, um, it, you know, it's keep, keep going, keep going. Yeah. So the, yeah, you don't, you don't hear, uh, this is not, this is your non-doctor or this is your non-CPA or this is, you know, it doesn't work like that. Now I'm not saying that those industries don't have their own issues. Everyone does. Every industry has their own thing. But we really believe that law firms of the future who are going to be successful and will break away from the pack will embrace this concept that it takes a village. Everyone needs to be an active contributor to the business um, and need to be valued accordingly in order to succeed. And so, you know, I'm over here and you're over there and don't cross the line. That is the law firm of yesterday. It's not the law firm of tomorrow. So we're, that's our mission is to help and enable marketing and business development, frankly, business services teams prove their value in a variety of different ways. I think it's just, it's awesome. And you don't really even refer to them as, you know, marketing and um, business development folks anymore. You refer to them as revenue enablers. Correct. Yeah. That, so the the lawyers, no, no doubt, you know, they're the ones billing the hours. They're the generators. They're the sales force. They're the ones who ultimately close the deals, generally speaking. But there's a whole army of people who enable them to be successful, right? So if the lawyers who generate the revenue didn't have active human resources professionals and and sophisticated uh, accounting professionals, they wouldn't have a law firm. They wouldn't be in business. So there's this whole group of people that uh, have been looked down upon traditionally um, as a, as a necessary evil, as opposed to a business imperative. And that's what the, that's what we're trying to to switch the dialogue around. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about this, and I'm, Marty, my guess is you're thinking the same way. There's so many businesses that need to have this mindset. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in the company is part of the business's success and is part of generating the revenue. Um, and if we're not all invested in what is going on and know and knowing our contribution plays a part, it may seem small, then, you know, that's where you get sort of this disconnection. And, you know, I would say you don't hit the numbers or you don't have the success that you want your right. company to succeed. Um, what are you thinking over there, Marty? You're being really quiet again. Well, <laughs> well, I'm engaged in the conversation that you're having. Uh, I thought of the words line of sight, and that is mm. a, a typical term you hear in uh, open book management. And so you're really talking about what's everyone's line of sight. What's the goal? 
you words used the phrase uh, goal earlier, that everybody understand where the goal is and their line of sight uh, in the organization, what you're teaching and what you're, what you're sharing with others is that they all need to have their particular line of sight to the goal and their role in that. And I don't know if I just, uh, if that, if that's accurate, if you would agree, Jennifer. I just wrote that down. Thank you for that. I'm going to borrow that going forward. It's absolutely right. Um, everyone has to be somehow threaded into the fabric of the goal, right? What What is the purpose? If people are purpose-driven, people inherently want to feel like they belong. And if they don't, they're going to find someplace else where they belong. And so I love that. Thank you for, for sharing that. The line of sight in open book management. Fantastic. Kelly, will you keep me? Yeah, yeah, we'll keep you. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll stay on then. I'll, you well, can you know, D, yeah, DC, maybe we got DC to have a little vote there too. Well, you know, <laughs> DC, can I stay? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we got to keep Marty on board. For Thank n- you. For now. Oh, yeah, there'd be Thank a rebranding of the, the show and everything. And um, <laughs> damn, anyway. Um, oh, you know what? And I just have to do this since we're being silly at the moment. Jen, you mentioned you're uh, coming from an entrepreneurial family, and of course, I always think of your dad and the ranch. Um, how's the mini donkey? <laughs> they're ornery. There's two of them, and they are just ornery. And so um, they think they're bigger than they are, but they're fine. You know, <laughs> just another another day in many donkey life. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I'm glad we had that little transgression because mm-hmm. that always makes me happy. Um, I want to pause and, and, and flip over to something else because, well, it does apply to the legal profession. I think it's got a bigger story on it, and that's um, getting involved in industry um, and professional organizations and associations. And you have held various leadership roles within the Legal Marketing Association. Mm-hmm. Um, really talk about what, what you have done and, and the value and the importance of being visible in those. Because um, we both know people who overlook the value of connecting with their peers and they, they uh, and competitors, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And they don't see the value of contributing. But I want you to talk about that because it's been a really important part of your career. Yeah, it's a it's a really a great question that has a f- couple of different answers now that I've been doing it for so long, right? Different seasons of your life, you're engaged and motivated for different reasons. At the beginning, it was I had an honest interest and, and natural curiosity about the industry and I wanted to know the animals that lived in the zoo. I really wanted to understand who are these individuals, what makes them tick. What do they think about the organizations that they work in? And I really wanted to, to as close as possible, walk in their shoes. And so that was my original motivation was to, I don't want to say infiltrate because that feels um, like a spy kind of thing, but it really was just to be one of them. I wanted to truly understand because I didn't think I could actually help my clients unless I understood. So that was the initial motivation. And, and I am an introvert, which everyone thinks is amazing. When I say it out loud, I'm a learned extrovert. And so I'm not comfortable, frankly, in, in environments where I don't have a purpose. So weddings, I hate, you know, I got to be in the wedding or, you know, I don't go. I'm just kidding a little bit. But (laughs) when I go to a, a, like an LMA event, I, I don't like walking in and like finding a seat and talking to people I don't know. It's uncomfortable. All right. So my solution was the name tag table. And if you think about it, nobody ever wants to do the name tag table. So that's a great place for volunteering. And as soon as I did it, People were, A, excited that I volunteered to do it because they didn't want to, and B, I got to 
see everybody, but I had a purpose. I was checking names off a list and I had a seat to sit in and I was, you know, it was a, a purpose. I can't say it any different than that. But I also got to meet people and put names with faces in my industry uh, in a more discreet way. It was it was really great. Going forward from that, I would say it was to gain further perspective about what keeps my uh, candidate pool up at night, what are some of their trials and tribulations, and how could I help solve those problems for them, and how could I bring people together that might not ordinarily know one another or have a reason for knowing one another uh, into conversations together to solve some, for something. And then I guess uh, there's also, as I sort of got midway through, I realized that there was a credentialing, right? You mentioned the degrees that weren't on your wall when you were a lawyer, but went right up on your wall in the front and center when you weren't uh, practicing any longer. Um, And I would say third-party credentialing is another really important reason because lawyers who ultimately hire my company, um, look for credentialing. That's important mm-hmm. to them. So that was another reason. And then I guess I would say it's great competitive intelligence. Um, but it's also, it's given me so much and I feel a need to make it better, leave it better than I found it. So that's a personal drive. Um, so it's, it's evolved over, over the past many, many years that that's where I'm at now. Yeah, I think so many people forget, um, you know, the value of of building those relationships and the trust and in everything that you've talked about in terms of, um, I love the point about credentialing, but the idea that different phases in your life, seasons of your life and your career, you're going to have different reasons to be mm-hmm. involved. But at the end of the day, if you want people to vouch for you, if you want people to give you those referrals, recommendations, you know, you got to show up for them. Right. Uh, and then the other point that I'm, you know, because I think about my own involvement with various organizations, there's nothing wrong with showing up and being self-focused in why you're there mm-hmm. if it aligns with being helpful in the organization. So when you're, you could say in many ways you're, you know, sitting there and being the name tag table, that might have been selfish. Like I need my hands busy and to have a purpose while I'm here. Otherwise, I'm not going to connect with people. But you're self-focused need also help the organization right. um you know and i and one of the points i always love that uh, i pull out from build your dream network that you shared is like if you want to know everyone in an organization hand out the name tags yeah it's true <laughs> yeah so it might be the lowliest task but you get to know everyone um jennifer i'm going to take a moment here and pause what uh where's the best places for people to find out i know you've got great blog posts and all that kind of good stuff. Where's Mm -hmm. the best place to people to find you and calibrate legal online? Sure. So we try to um, behave in the same manner as the candidate pool that we represent and lead by example. So we are very active on all forms of social media minus Instagram. So we're uh, calibrate-legal.com. We're on Facebook with the same, LinkedIn. Uh, our website's very active with all kinds of blog posts, et cetera. We have a newsletter. So all kinds of ways to um, to interact with us. Like I said, we try to mirror what we expect of our candidate pool. Yeah, amazing. And hey, the point, point in I was a point well taken for people who are um, advising others, you know, if you're telling, you know, do it, not, not, don't just do as I say, do as I'm also doing as well. 
Um, let's talk about this. Uh, how does someone become an impact player in their firm, company, or organization? So I think that um, in order to become an impact player, you have to embrace this sort of concept of entrepreneur. So you don't own the place, so you're not the owner, but you can own your own um goals, your own strategies, the, you can own yourself within the organization. And so we've, we've taken some time to think about what, what are the key um, phrases or attributes, right, of people who become like true revenue enablers for an organization, regardless of what kind of company or firm you're working for. So there's just a few that I'd like to, to point out. So one would be, um, you know, they have a student mentality. So there's, they're always reading, uh, listening, hearing, thinking, um, very curious about what else is going out on outside of their bubble. We call it, they don't drink their own bathwater. They know that their firm, uh, may not, isn't, I mean, isn't the best, isn't, you know, we hear all the time, particularly in law firms, well, we have the best lawyers, the breadth and the depth. It's just the best. They're, we have world class. And the truth is they, they don't know what they don't know and they don't ever look outside of their bubble um, and they just drink their own bathwater and it's, it's terrible. So I would say that um, student mentality, getting perspective, taking yourself outside of your bubble on a regular basis is uh, one thing. Um, they have honest introspection. So they know what they're not good at and they ask for help and they um, supplement where needed. And they're very, I mean, the number of candidates that, that we meet with that I, that are just not good at something, but they think they really are. It, it's fascinating. So having that honest, honest introspection is really in, um, key. And I think that also you communicate your wins. If people don't know what you do, they can't think of you for something right? I can't mm -hmm. help you if I don't know what it is that you do. So in this instance, it would be you're on an elevator, you know that there's a, a higher up in your organization, and maybe they know you, maybe they don't, but they're going to say, hey, how's it going when you get on? And you say, doing well, or maybe the person does know you. And rather than saying, I'm great, I'm going to get a sandwich, you say, I'm actually just working. And obviously, we got to look to see who's around us when we speak. But I'm working on a pitch right now for a major oil company and just doing some research on, you know, the last five years worth of deals that we've done in the, you know, uh, downstream area or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like, huh, well, look at her. But exactly. I that, they, they, that person's doing something I didn't know that they did. I might want to know this person. And so it's, it's thinking of the sound bites that you give out to people you know, um, so that they understand that you, that you add value. So there's a number of things we've got it actually on our website. There's a whole sort of revenue enablers tab where you can, and we talk about this, what does that mean? And, and how can you really own that? Yeah. I was, I was, I was say, we'll make sure we've got the link to your site as well mm -hmm. as to that particular page, uh, in our show notes. But I know I love the point that you said, you know, if, if people don't know what you do, as I like to say, you know, in this day and age we live in, it's not who you know or what you know, it's who knows what you know. Correct. Uh, and so that you're, you're kept top of mind. And are there ways, even if you, someone does say, Hey, how are you doing? You know, like, I'm really great. We've got some interesting projects on right now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? If the other person's smart, they'll they'll lean into your enthusiasm and sort of say, "Hey, tell me more." But if you just go, "Oh, I'm good," then you know that's kind of the end of the conversation, and then you don't have that chance to share what it is you're excited about or what it is that you're working on. Um, right. That you know, you need those people talking about you. If um, someone says, oh, "I'm good," in my head, I go, "No, you're not. You're not good. No." <laughs> that's what I think. You've lost an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if you're really not good, not sure I want to get into that negative conversation. <laughs> um, and I love that you use the word um, entrepreneurial because, you know, I like to say that everyone needs to be thinking with an entrepreneur mindset, even mm-hmm. if you're not an entrepreneur, um, because you might be unlocking value in your firm, your company, your business. Um, you might be unlocking new opportunities for yourself, because I'm going to say, even before you were an entrepreneur, I'm sure you were an entrepreneur, given the mm-hmm. number of roles within the first law firm that you you held, um, right. you know, and where were there opportunities to learn other things and ultimately kind of figure out, you know, what your groove was. Mm-hmm. Um I got one more question for you and, you know, Marty, you could think if you got anything else you want to bug Jen on, but um, one of the other things, the way that Calibrate Legal operates, you're really a partner with your clients. And I know this from various conversations we've had. Why is that partnership mindset important in how your firm operates? And when do you fire a client? The the, the ideal scenario for us is to have um, that true partnership where our values and our mission are aligned, where they hire us to solve a problem and it's not transactional. It's, it's a relationship. It's longstanding. There's a more holistic viewpoint on both sides. Um, it's so important because then by extension, we become an extension of their team and there's a real trusted advisor um, mentality that goes into play. And that's what the core of our businesses, all of us on the team, really, um, we get so much energy from from solving problems and adding value for our clients. And we're more successful for them when they let us behind the curtain and see where the skeletons are. We can't help them if we don't know what's really going on. And so that's why that true partnership and, and letting let us in. Well, we can help you, but if we don't know what's going on, we can't serve you properly and frankly that's the relationship that lawyers want with their clients and so we're 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 simply mirroring that firing clients um we've done it a couple of times again going back to the values clash where the intent um there was we on the board that i serve on for the legal marketing association at our table tents with our names on the front on the back it says assume good intent as and that's on every meeting that we have and it's something that's um, branded now into my brain, assume good intent. I'm t- I'm traditionally like a half glass empty kind of gal, but I'm really working on assuming good t- intent. And when um, a client doesn't assume that our intents are good or they try every which way to work outside of the process that we know is, is proven to work, um, that's when we will say, Maybe it's better that we um, part ways. And anytime that there's a values class like class like that, where the work becomes a slog, uh, then that's when it's time to think about whether or not you need to go and serve clients who do um, fit the the sort of mold and the the 
tenor that you've set out for the company. When it becomes a slog, that's a problem for us. Yeah, yeah. I'm so say that's a brave I don't think, thing. We like to work hard. I love yeah. working hard. We love really difficult assignments. But when someone um, questions our ability um, and we give feedback and they won't receive it, um, it what do they say? You know, it's not me. It's you. Wait, no, it's actually wait. It's not you. It's me. No, really, yeah. it's you. Um, that's that's what it turns out to be. And we've done it a couple of times. Yeah, I would say when when people aren't going to give you the information and they're not going to be forthright and uh, all the rest of it. But that's a brave thing to do because a lot of people would be like, God, you've got this search that you're doing and you, what, what? You don't, that's money. Why, why are you turning mm-hmm. away money? But, you know, if they've got to create space for the clients who who you really know you can well, work and with. We, we covet our candidate roster. I'm a collector of people, okay? So I've been doing collecting awesome people for almost 20 years. I'm not going to put somebody that I've curated a relationship with into a, a firm that is behaving badly or that ha- is gone sideways. Like that's the relationship is everything. And I'm not going to put somebody that I care about into a potentially bad situation. I think that's, a, you know, as I hit on something there too, in terms of anyone listening to this, in terms of working with um, someone who does, I want to say that executive search, mm-hmm. um, you've just hit the nail on the head. You like, you you see both sides as your client, uh, right. both the candidates and, you know, the firms themselves um, and, and being that perfect matchmaker that way, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this in terms of making that point would have never imagined thinking of their executive search person as, you know, the client as well. But that's really key. Um, so it makes you, makes you stand out, my friend. And I'm also sort of sitting here thinking, oh, who knew a glass half full gal could be in such admiration of a glass half empty kind of a gal, but there we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Opposites attract. Opposites Truth. attract. Um, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to thank you again for sharing your network career story and build your dream network. Um, I'm going to thank you again for being today here today on the Business Builder Show and sharing everything about Calibrate Legal and revenue generators and people being on uh, entrepreneurial with their career. Um, promise you'll come back and chat with us again sometime. I, I, you let me know when and I will do it. I'd be, I'd love to chat with you and maybe we'll let Marty talk some next time too. <laughs> or, we'll, or we'll get mini don- and we'll get more mini donkey updates. Listen, I will. I'll send to submit a photo next time. I have a sheet. I have a sheet full of notes. So I, ho- I'm not a lawyer, but I hope I become one of the people that you'll collect. I would love to collect you, Marty. Consider it done. <laughs> You're now in my collection. Thanks, Jennifer. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Business Builders Show. To learn more about me and I'm Marty Wolf, go to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's Marty Wolf. BusinessSolutions.com. To learn more about Kelly Hoey, go to her website, which is jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And of course, you can find Kelly and Marty on LinkedIn and Twitter. A reminder, you can find all our Business Builders shows on iTunes, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast app. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. 